Welcome to another episode of the Legal Marketing Studio, the bi-weekly podcast examining best-in-class examples of branding, strategy, content, and technology in legal marketing. Each episode is devoted to a successful initiative, an innovative campaign, a promising technology, or an effective, proven strategy for developing new business at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I'm speaking with the attorney, Nancy Schick, founder of The Law Studio. Now in her 12th year of solo practice, almost 13th, Nancy is dedicated to serving the demand for holistic and integrative legal services. As a business owner, she has a soft spot for those who bear the risks that provide others their jobs. Having been a litigant, entrepreneur, human resources supervisor, and minor league hockey agent, she wanted a practice that fully addressed the people in the process. To further that mission, she got trial experience, completed mediation training at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and created the third-year conflict resolution program. She was recently appointed to the arbitrator panel for the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. A mediator to the core, she balances these interests and seeks win-win solutions, whether she is arbitrating, coaching, litigating, mediating, or teaching. Nancy, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you. Good morning. So I just wanted to start quickly uh, with a description of your firm, sort of what kind of clients you're working with and what kind of your problems you're solving for them. And then from there, a description of how you view the role of an attorney. Okay. So we'll start with some of my, my clients. I think the description definitely is accurate. I work primarily with businesses, but that could be from the tiny business that has one to four employees to a large international corporation. And the one thing that I find is no matter how large or small they are, the people issues are the ones that they struggle the most with. Not because people are a problem, but we bring our own issues to the, any kind of conversation. And we're not always great at dealing with our own underlying interests. So what I really do is I take my mediation techniques into everything that I do. And it's always about creating conversations that lead to some sort of resolution. And I do that whether I'm creating a contract with them, I'm in litigation for them, trying to get a settlement. Sometimes it's just doing the investigation. And then I realize that there's something else going on that I give them the the tip that they might want to address this. And here's a little coaching on how to have that conversation. And so that's really the holistic approach is not just going, I'm a technician, I'm going to crank out a contract for you, or I'm a, I'm a litigator and I'm going to do some sort of investigation for you. It's really about putting my arms all the way around the client so that they get what they need in, in compliance with the law, of course, and in alignment with their values. Could you expand a little bit on how you view your role as an attorney? Because I'm always interested when I talk to different attorneys in different fields and the language they use describing themselves. What's the language that you use in describing you know, your role as an attorney? I think the number one thing that I see myself as is the problem solver. And it is a little bit more of a coach, I think, than anything. I, I do have some coaching experience, and I've been doing that for many years, both in a voluntary setting and, and professionally. So it's, it's about empowering clients. I see that as being a very important part of the process. I also take that counselor at law to heart, you know, counseling them, really trying to lead them into solutions that will we'll carry forward. So it's not just about addressing the initial conflict that they, they come to me with, but it's empowering them to identify them in the future 
and it sounds kind of counterintuitive that I might be asking them to learn the skills that don't bring me more business, but I have no concern that there will continue to be conflict that I can resolve for people. Have you looked in the world? There's a little bit of conflict out there. Could you lay out a bit the business case for creating a firm like this, for having that holistic or integrative type practice? Yeah, I I think it's definitely something that's not for everyone. And that is absolutely fine. There is room for the full range of attorney services. So for me, it's talking about alignment. It's about being in alignment with who I am and what I want to create for clients. I don't necessarily work with the people that are looking for just a shark to go in and beat up their opposing party, right? That's not what I do. I work with people who are looking for solutions that go deeper than the than the litigation, deeper than the contract. Um, I, you know, I, I say to them in contracts in particular, it's a way of of memorializing the relationship. So it's about creating long-term relationships and keeping the doors op- open for opportunities in the future. And not everybody's looking for that. There are definitely people that are looking for shorter-term results, and I don't necessarily work with them. I, I th- refer those kinds of clients out to some of my very competent and esteemed colleagues. So something that strikes me there is that you have a very clear idea of the kind of clients you want to work with. You have very clear ideas about what your personal interest, your personal worldview is, and, and then aligning your practice with each of those. Uh, maybe you could just talk a bit about that alignment, how you align your own personal interests, your own personal worldview with your practice, with your business, and ultimately with your clients' businesses. I, I'm the first one in my family to become an attorney, <laughs> so it's it was a, a lot of newness. And maybe some naivete that helped me create this brand that works for me. And maybe I lucked into it. But I I do think it's important for, again, a long-term vision to be in alignment with who we are. And a lot of us don't go in with that. So that's, that's part of that holistic, integrative approach. It is looking at who you are, what you want to create, and being connected to that. And I think that there's actually room for all of us, because we live in a you know world of 7.2 billion people, right? So I'm looking maybe to find clients internationally at this point, because maybe not everybody that I want to work with is here in New York, and there's absolutely room for that, and it's and it's fine. I don't know if I really answered your question, but it's a it was a pretty big bold question that covers a lot. Yeah, there were only three or four huge questions it rolled up into that question so i think that i think that got to it uh, i want to go back to the previous topic just quickly it's something that you touched on and when i've you know doing up some reading on integrative law um this issue of social justice and social change comes up a lot and i know when we had our first sit down that topic came up uh, could you talk a, a bit about you know to what extent is that important in your practice both professionally and personally This is the perfect time to be talking about that. I was just uh, last night at the Best for New York City Awards, and it was mostly businesses like mine that that have a little bit of a a social component to them, wanting to contribute back to communities. So for me, it is very, very important. I've watched this B Corp movement arise. I'm very interested in where we're going with that. Not because, again, that there's anything wrong with large corporations, some of them do some things that are not nice, right? We, we know that, and we see what happens. 
but they're not doing that every day in everything that that they do, right? And so I think there's something about just creating a different business model that has those influences, just like we have in our government, tries to to have controls on that. So I think there's something in this for me is a new way of doing things so that everybody wins. But that's the mediator in me also that's always looking for that win-win. And I, and I think you and I may have even talked also about the experience I had that inspired my book also where I was where I was mugged by a 14 year old kid and still dealing with the injuries was I actually icing before I came here today <laughs> like I used to ice before a race or something like that now I ice before a radio interview um, but it, it, you know it's it's just what we deal with in life and there is something about that that's in line in alignment with who I am in my practice and in the world is recognizing how much I've had to overcome to be where I am and that Although I might make it look easy, that's what some people tell me. I know it's not easy. And, and so I want people to know that no matter where you come from, we all come into the world with the same potential, maybe not the same opportunities. So it's about figuring out where your opportunities lie. And I guess that does come out in my business also is I'm not going to be a large Times Square firm. And I'm absolutely okay with that. There's something else I can contribute. I just need to find out what that is and create it and give it. I mean, one aspect of that, that that strikes me is that there are these large, entrenched power structures. Um, and so there's a personal element to it. You know, what interests me? What is my, what can I contribute? Um, and then how can I do that within this system that already exists? Uh, could you talk a bit about that tension between what you see as your client's needs and the system that you kind of have to work within that already exists and isn't always itself in everyone's best interest. Yeah, they, <laughs> this is this is one of the very tough things that I deal with and I find myself becoming discouraged at, at times and yet I really love my profession. There are days that I don't love again some of the actions that occur when someone's personal interests get involved and and overshadow what the party's interests are, right? Um, and that's attorneys, judges, clerks, police officers, all of us, we're, we're human beings. So there's something about that in the tension that I think also I've been able to look at from that mediator perspective. Of, there's always some way to find a win in every situation. Again, I found a, a win in, a, in being assaulted on the street for 17 minutes, right? And, uh, and I said, I can find a win in that if I'm willing to look for it. And I think that's what I really want to contribute with my practice it gives me a vehicle. It gives me a certain status in the community as a lawyer that people will listen to me somehow, right? And so it's like, oh, if I've been given this opportunity to have people listen to me, I can choose how I want them to hear me and what I want them to do with that. When I saw that I had that kind of power, and everybody has that kind of power in some area of their lives, I felt a responsibility to give something positive back. So that's what I'm doing with my practice. You know, one key aspect of an integrative firm, as you've described it, is really putting your client first and really listening to what their needs are, whether it's exactly what they're telling you or whether it's what you're hearing between the lines. Could you talk a bit about the importance of aligning yourself with your client's needs and of listening to them to find out what those needs are? Yeah, this is this is one of the toughest, I think, 
issues that we come across in this kind of practice. And and I say this kind of practice, it's probably as lawyers generally, it's what is that best interest of the client? And so there is this listening that occurs when you've had you know specific training to listen for the things that aren't being said. So, right, like I flesh out in my practice with my clients the beliefs and the thoughts and the interests and the wants and the needs, all of those things that maybe aren't being said. I ask specific questions to try and get at those. And it's amazing sometimes what you see happen in that situation with the client too because something comes out that they didn't even realize was at stake so it's it's about then looking at them as human beings and trying to determine what's in the best interest and sometimes there is a tension there because it's not always just about getting people more money or saving them more money or getting them the big gig or whatever that might be. It's it's also looking at why is that even important to them? So it's asking maybe the questions that go just a little bit deeper so that you're not leaving them with a partial solution. And I think that's what happens in litigation a lot is we're not asking those other questions. Sometimes it's about that money represents I need health insurance because I no longer have my job. And if you ask the right questions, the employer that's terminated them might say, oh, I don't have the cash on hand to give you that, but I can keep you on our insurance for X number of months. And if you don't ask those questions, you're never going to know that that one is important to the party, two is available. And I think we kind of fall short there. So that it, that's also why getting into the conversations about what's really important to your client and not assuming because That is a problem with us as lawyers. We're educated. We're experienced. We're the ones in the courtrooms every day. We're the ones doing this every day. And we start thinking that we know everything. And we stop asking the questions. And we start making those assumptions. And then we wonder why we don't always get the results that make the clients really, really happy. How important is it for you to maintain long-term relations with your clients? For me personally, it's very important. Um, Most of my clients at this stage, again, I've been in in business for almost 13 years as of next month. Yay. Um, And most of my clients have been with me for more than a decade. So there is something in it, I think, for both of us. And again, I have a very specialized base of client who is probably seeking out what I'm offering from the integrative holistic approach. And there are some that have come and gone because maybe who we're both transforming into doesn't work at some point. And I think there's that's back a little bit to the question that you asked earlier about how do you how do you put the client's needs first? And sometimes the client's need is to move on from me. And being willing to let that go and know that it's going to work out is another part of the process of getting the client what they need, getting me what I need, so that I don't have to become someone else and neither do they. So I think it's all very important. Everything that we do as lawyers is about relationships. And I think we forget that. In terms of business goals or you know the, your sort of personal and your firm brand, how do long-term relationships with the clients play into that, either in terms of who you sell to or how you uh, present yourself in early conversations or through that relationship? It probably does come up 
right away from the very first conversation. But I do still some one-off consultations every now and then for startups, for example, or just a limited issue. And obviously, if I'm mediating a, a particular dispute. But I think going in, automatically, I'm looking at we live in a we live in the same world no matter what right like we might only be interacting in this moment even you and i might only be interacting in this moment for this particular purpose but i'm always laying the foundation of this is who i am this is what i offer and if you find yourself stuck these are the things that i can do for you and some of that is also i can be a resource for you because I just really care about people. And even if they're not going to stay on for long-term business with me, I still want them to get what they what they need and want in the world. And I think for some reason, that just naturally plays out as a good business practice. It's, it's a good life practice. I still have friends that I went to elementary school with. And granted, we're mostly on Facebook at this point because they live so far away. But I know I could, I could walk into almost any city in the world and find somebody that I've I've touched before or create a new relationship. And it just makes the world a lot nicer to live in. And, and that brings us back also to your trying to find the win in everything. Uh, and on, again, in our initial conversation, we talked a lot about finding win-win solutions. Uh, so I was wondering if you could, you know, talk about that, because it seems to, to be the locus of your practice, right? Finding the win for everybody involved. So what does a win-win solution look like? I think the number one thing that it looks like is somebody listening and understanding that every single person in the process is a human being with similar issues, right? Because there's this whole thing and we see it. We're seeing it so much in the media and what's going on in presidential campaigns and all the different movements out there that are trying to find leverage and the arguments on social media. And I think we just forget that we're human beings. So it's, I I think the win automatically starts with reminding everybody that you're dealing with a human being and no matter what is going on with them and how they're posturing, what their positioning is, they're still dealing with their own stuff. And that's part of also asking the right questions and getting underneath. It's, it's about humanizing the process again. Right, because that, that's the one thing. If you if you humanize everything, and then you start looking at what people have in common, you you know that that's asking the questions to get to, for example, they're in a dispute where the relationship has fallen apart, whether it's a business relationship or people think about collaborative matrimonial. It's about asking questions like, can you take yourself back? to when you first got into this and what, what were you expecting and what didn't happen that you wanted. You start asking those questions, you realize that what they wanted is still possible. Maybe it's not going to look exactly like they thought, but how many times have things looked like what we thought? And a lot of times they turn out even better than what we imagined possible for ourselves. So the win-win is about that. It's about creating something that's even better than people thought was possible. You know, in our initial conversation, when we're talking about these win-win solutions, sometimes what was best for the client and best for solving the conflict at hand wasn't necessarily best for the bottom line from a business sense of the firm, right? Whether you're a solo or whether you're a big firm, there's the business aspect that's important. 
uh, what's the business case for choosing to help your clients find a solution that isn't necessarily best for you in a in, for the best for your business outcomes? I love that question. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, it, it goes right back to, again, the whole idea of integrative holistic law. And, and I think what I identified just by the way that you asked the question is it's really a difference between the short-term thinking and the long-term thinking. And so when I hear your question about, oh, maybe it's going to hurt my bottom line to resolve an issue quickly. Like sometimes I can, I can zero in so quickly that I don't get paid. I, I, don't, know, I don't remember if I told you about this, but one of, one of the funniest and most successful mediations I've ever done didn't actually occur beyond the phone calls to set it up. I, you know, I, I, I got the call from somebody saying they wanted to sue. And I said, before you get too much into this, it sounds like you actually want to continue this project and move forward. You have a lot of respect for this person that you're having a hard time talking to. Would you be willing to mediate? Yes. Okay. Call the other person. I'm going to tell them that we spoke briefly, that I, I, I don't have any of the facts. I, I've kept notes. Here's what we did. Now we're going to talk about whether or not we're going to set up the mediation. That all occurs. They start talking to each other. They call me back and say, okay, we watched your video online and did all the prep, and we started talking about setting up the time, and we came to an agreement. Will you write it? Right. So, so I think that's, you know, that that in one way hurt my bottom line, right? Because I never actually got paid beyond writing the contract for them. But I can guarantee that that is going to have a longer tail. And they have already sent me other business because now they know what I can do for people. So it's, it might be $0 on the legal services end, or it might be only $100 on the legal services end. But what I saved in marketing, that had value in its own. So I think there's something in that that maybe lawyers, because we don't get a lot of business training also, that might be coming out where we're looking at dollar for dollar, the, bill, the, the billable hour or the, the settlement and the, and the contingency fee. And, and we're forgetting to look from a business perspective at your balance sheet is more than just your legal services income. Well, I remember uh, the first interview I did for the podcast was with Brandy Knox. And she talked about a firm's brand being not what you wanted to tell other people about your brand, but what other people, how other people understood your brand from an external perspective. Um, and it sounds like that's sort of the business case here, where you didn't make as much as you might have in that situation, but reputationally, and what other people thought of you after that interaction was a huge not necessarily payout because that's not quite the right word, but it was definitely a benefit to you from a reputational, from a brand standpoint, and certainly lays the the groundwork for, or lays the foundation for that long term relationship that you're trying to create with all of your clients. Yeah, and I, and I think that's again an, another great way of saying uh, how the relationship becomes so important. I've had clients come back to me that I did litigation for them. At this point, it's now probably been one of my first cases, right? Like, so seven years later, they came back to me for another issue. Wasn't anything related to what I'd done with them before. And and then even last year, they've contacted me. And, and they know that I'm going to shoot them straight. Like, in one way, I could completely, with every call, come up with something you needed to purchase with me. 
right? Because everybody's got something that they, you know, oh, let me do your will, right? Like I could come, I could really stretch myself to come up with that. But it's not about me just making the money again. It's about me serving the client with what they need. And that alone will build the relationship and the trust so that when they do have something that's within my realm, I'm the person that they call. And I would rather have that, again, because it's in alignment with who I am. I went into this business because I wanted to do something. I didn't want, yeah, I, I did want to make some money, right? I wouldn't mind making a little more, right? But if I had to choose between manipulating somebody for my own benefit, because I was afraid that the other business wasn't going to come in, I would stop doing this work. I have to trust that what I'm doing is valuable enough that people will come in. That takes a little courage some days, and I'm not always great at it. But that's what I remind myself is why I'm here. Everyone can find some win as long as everyone's aligned with doing that. How do you, you know, how do you deal with the fact that you are helping you in, in aligning with your client and doing what's best for your client? If the other, if the opposing side isn't necessarily doing that, how do you deal with that? Oh, I, unfortunately, I deal with that a little bit more than I would like. I'm, I'm fortunate to some degree because I've been around long enough now and have built kind of the reputation of being fair that I can have a candid conversation with people. And it's also recognizing that sometimes I'm going to opposing counsel and I'm presenting something that I think is very fair and they probably even think is very fair, but their client isn't happy with it. And at that point, just by me making the argument to their attorney of why I think it's fair, I give the attorney then language that they can use with their client also. And so there is this like coaching, teaching component almost in everything that I do, always again looking for that win. Because sometimes our, our clients get attached to certain positions, again, because we haven't asked the question that's holding them to whatever that is, right? So it, it might be that I can get a little bit of information and go to my opposing counsel who seems like they're being a real jerk. And then I find out that, oh, it's the client that's stuck on this one thing. Well, I have information about your client if you talk to them about that this might break it, break it open. And so I'm always looking for that, not necessarily because I'm using it to damage someone or get what I want. So my clients come to me knowing who I am and looking for what's the fairest outcome under the unique circumstances of the case. So that case isn't always going to look like the other case, and they're totally open to having those conversations. So it might be that I have to have the conversation with them about how difficult it's going to be with this particular judge. And so we might adapt our strategy accordingly, and that still is a win. You know, we talked at the very beginning that, you know, the word holistic kind of evokes you know, spiritual healing and all these things that are sort of a little namby-pamby. But, you know, that last answer, there's still a real world that you're working in, and you can't let that go. We always have a particular outcome that we're seeking, our ideal outcome. But during the course of any kind of legal matter, whether whether it is a forming a business or forming a business relationship or in litigation, Things come up all the time. You know, it's just life is constantly adapting. And so one of the things is just being with that. And instead of being stuck on it, it shouldn't be that way. 
part of it is coaching my clients to like just deal with it and make the best out of it and keep going. Because as a former litigant, also, I saw what happened to my own life when I got tied up in litigation and how it drug out for four years and how it just felt so heavy. And that's something I, I try to remind lawyers, too. You think you're doing your client a service by dragging it out and trying to get them the most money or you know, whatever it would be, most custody, whatever you might be dealing with, the biggest contract. But you have to also think about what's going on in that client's life because four years of their life, you're not thinking as the lawyer about their case. Sorry, clients, you might not realize that, but we're thinking of 10 or 20 or maybe even 100 other cases on, a, on any given day. But to you, the client, your, your case is everything. And it really is tying up your life. So I think it's looking at that also and recognizing that you have to employ that in your analysis of, of a case and what your strategy is and what's in the best interest of your client. You know, that's, again, back to having those conversations. So, you know, as we come to a, a close here, is there anything that I've missed, anything that's incredibly important from a, a business or a brand or simply a legal perspective, you know, working in this sort of integrative process. If you know anything about like who gets sued in medical malpractice, that's one of the easy ones is people don't sue doctors, for example, that they like and have a relationship with. We're all in relationship businesses and most people sue and not that I'm discouraging anybody from suing, right? If you have rights, I don't want you to not, not exercise them. But the reality is most people will sue because they feel like they don't have any other way of getting a voice. It's a last resort. And, and, a, and that's part of my mission is to offer people opportunities to resolve conflict without the court so that when you do have to go to court, it's because that's all there is left to resolve your dispute. Great. Well, Nancy, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business. The theme music was composed by Ryan Knock of Knock It Out Music. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com there. It's just legalmarketing.studio. Want to appear on the Legal Marketing Studio or know someone who might? Please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.